I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Well, this week it's going to be the second episode of my interviews with Lewis Martins on how to learn to fiberglass. He's had a uh, long hiatus because of some personal issues, but I'm glad to get him on. I don't know if this is going to be the last episode we've had on fiberglassing uh, or if there's going to be more. We'll find out when we get to the end of it. What's going on with me? I'm going to the Sundance Film Festival this week, and uh, right now I'm recording this on the 12th of January, but you probably won't even hear this episode till the Sundance Film Festival is in its last week, or it might be over. But I'm going as a member of the press for the first time. I'm legitimate, so it'll be fun. Lots of doors open up for the press when you go to events like this. So I'm looking forward to it, and I've started a new podcast to sort of audio blog on what's happening at Sundance. So if you want to listen to that, go to SundancePodcast.com and listen to it, or just search for the Sundance Podcast or Sundance Podcast in iTunes. I think I'll have a lot of... (laughs) I think that's a, a podcast that there's a lot more interest in than sailing in the Mediterranean. But this is my passion, so I'll keep working on this one as well. So before we get on to the interview, my quick advertisement... If you want to subscribe to my email list, you get eight free lessons of my sailing, learn to sail lessons for the ASA 101 exam. And if you like those lessons, that's half of the course. That's half of the first course of audio lessons. And if you like those, perhaps you might buy the full course or buy one of my other products. I'm not really going to go into more of an advertisement than that. But like I said in the last podcast, I am going to be starting a Patreon account, and I hope If you like this podcast, you might consider contributing as little as a dollar per episode. I would go lower than that, but Patreon really doesn't let me go lower than $1 per episode. But I hope I get uh, a substantial number of you out there that choose to support me. And it'll help justify the time that I spend on this podcast. I, I really have to debate long and hard about the time I spend putting together this podcast, really if it's worth my while or not. Uh, from the sales of the audio products, I, I would say no. But for the, I guess, the, the, the good feelings I get from people that write in comments, that makes up for a lot of it, the people that appreciate the, the podcast. So with that advertisement out of the way, here's Lewis. Lewis, welcome back. It's been a while. That's good. It's good to have you back. It's been a while, and uh, the weather in Portugal is cold right now, I guess. Yes, minimum of 5, 6 degrees Celsius, maximum of 15, with luck. <laughs> All right. And, it, and I gather it's probably got a lot of humidity in the air because you're right on the water there. Yes, yes. If I, if I go to my boat on, in the morning... Uh, the boat is covered in uh, water, so no fiberglass work on the outside these days. Uh, well, but luckily those have uh, I have completed all the fiberglass work in the outside, but I still have some uh, fairing to do, so it's tricky. Are you working on the inside of the boat right now? Uh, when when the boat is wet on the outside, I do. I work on the inside. Uh, but I still need to sand and fair a few areas of the hull, the top sides, and the deck, so that when spring comes, I'm ready to paint. All right. Well, bring us, let's, let's do a quick refresher on what we covered in our last episode. Now, this is, these episodes, in our discussions, we've been talking about tools, techniques, and materials for, uh, glass reinforced uh, manufacturing or or fiberglass is what I call but it doesn't have to be fiberglass it could be um, Kevlar or graphite or any number of things but just uh, reinforced plastics I guess is what we're really talking about cloth reinforced plastics 
So yeah, it's reinforced polymers or plastics. Okay, yeah. so so quickly rehash what we covered last time, and then then people can go back and listen to that episode, and uh, and then we'll continue on from here. All right. So in the we started the last episode with um, covering a few of the terminologies. Uh, like we were mentioning uh, just a few seconds ago, uh, glass-reinforced plastics, uh, Kevlar, fiberglass, um, carbon fiber, the types of resin you use for this kind of work, and um, the different presentations of the fibers. Uh, you can get, uh, the most common is fiberglass. Uh, you can get fiberglass in many presentations one of them being chopped strand mat, the other being cloth, woven roving, uh, and uh, a few other uh, mixes that mix um, cloth and uh, mat. Uh, one of them is very commonly known as 1708. Uh, probably you have heard of it. Okay, and that was episode 114, and that was released on November 6th. So if people that are listening want to go back and listen to that, that would be uh, episode 114. Okay. Yes. Uh, we, in this episode, I will assume that uh, people listened to the past episode. So when I mention uh, we will do this in epoxy, uh, I won't go into the detail of why epoxy. Or we are going to do this with polyester. I won't go into the detail of why we are going to use polyester. Uh, in the previous episode, we covered that very, very extensively. Right. No point in beating the same, yes. the same furrow twice. That's right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, before for this episode, we are going to talk about the repairs that we are going to do that that we may do in our boats in our plastic boats. Uh, but before we start uh, covering those types of repairs, uh, let me just go through the tools because we didn't get to the tools in the last episode. And the tools are very simple. And uh, this is one of the reasons that many people think fiberglass work is easy uh, because the tools are so simple to use that they don't require any learning experience. So it's it's a misunderstanding sometimes that fiberglass work is easy. It is easy, it's not difficult, but some people take it for granted, and they shouldn't. And we will cover some of that in, in, uh, in the next uh, few minutes, in the next hour or so. But let me go through the tools and materials that you need, okay? Okay. Okay, so first, very important, disposable gloves. You will need to have lots of them. I buy them at, in boxes of 100, and I'll go through them like <laughs> there, were no, there was no tomorrow. Because um, you should... Oh, I've seen some people using uh, resins with their bare hands, and it won't uh, do you much harm. In, in that moment, other than the mess, and you will have to clean it up with acetone. Uh, but in the long term, you can develop an allergy to the resins. So it's something that you don't notice in the first time, in the second time. But if you go through, uh, if you are working on the boat for several years, uh, maybe a year or two down the road, you may develop a very bad allergy to uh, epoxy or polyester resin and it may be something like you open the can and you have uh, an anaphylactic chalk for instance so the most extreme case what type so, of gloves do you use because some gloves will actually dissolve with the resins and the acetone yes yes uh, so you should use a thick uh, nitri nitrile or I don't know how to pronounce it very well nitrile nitrile is how I say it but Okay, nitrile um, gloves, but try to find thick ones because there are some very cheap ones that are so thin that they will dissolve in acetone. Okay, even the, thin, the thick ones will dissolve in acetone uh, 
for uh, in uh, an extended period of time, but uh, they will last like a few hours at least. Yeah, I've found a big difference. I've bought boxes of uh, of the cheap gloves, where you get uh, oh five hundred of them in a box, and they're made for I, more. They're more made for medical uh, workers because they're very thin. Uh, and yes. they they fall apart just when I'm working. I use usually use them when I'm working on a mach- uh, like an engine or something dirty where I don't want to get my hands dirty. But yeah. I did buy some auto mechanic gloves, which were much much thicker. So that might be one area to be looking at, or thicker than that if you can find them. But. Yes, there are some black ones that are very thick. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah, but I prefer the blue ones, not so not so thick, but not so thin. Um, and uh, they work very well. But the trick is, and I learned this trick from an old guy, and the trick is to put two pairs of gloves. So that's why I don't buy the thick ones. If you put two pairs of gloves, when, for instance, you may get your hands uh, with resin, and you need to change gloves quickly, but because your hands are sweaty, because they are inside the glove, you can't put the, uh, the the new glove on quickly enough. So you just remove the outer glove, and you have new gloves already on. Good idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> yes, it's a very it's a very good idea. I, I I use it all the time when I feel that things are going to get messy. All right, I'm actually just looking at the okay. uh, uh, yeah the blue. There's blue, there's purple, there's black, there's white. So blue is a as more of a specific uh, thickness of glove then, I guess. But I found blue ones in uh, very thin and uh, more medium. I would say medium uh, thickness. Okay, all right. So okay. look for a medium weight, but put two on at the same time then. Yes, and use. Use your size. Don't use a larger size because you will lose um, uh, feeling. Feeling. Yeah. Feeling. Yeah. 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 Dexterity. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. If, uh, for instance, if I'm using uh, a right size glove, uh, I can rub my hand on a surface that I'm sanding, for instance, and I can feel all the imperfections. Okay. And some people say. Some people say. Uh, oh, if I have gloves, I don't feel the surface. Uh, I need to sand stuff with my bare hands. Uh, okay, but that's not true. If you are using the right size gloves, all the imperfections in the surface will uh, be transferred to your fingers and you will feel it. Okay. Okay. Next thing, you will need disposable uh, cups. Um, and... You mentioned in the last episode that some cups will dissolve in uh, the resin. Uh, it was like uh, styrene, yeah. styrofoam, or styrene polystyrene, polystyrene, polystyrene. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A lot of the plastic ones. I found that uh, paper cups work pretty well. Yes, that's the ones I use, and you can get those from uh, a good um, composite supply store. Like you can buy that, like uh, for uh, one hundred for uh, ten bucks or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've seen people using uh, yogurt cups. I've seen people using. Well, I've seen a guy using an old tuna can <laughs> to, to mix resin. Yeah, I guess any tin cans will work fine too. So if you. Uh... Open yeah. up a can of soup, and you you can always mix a little bit amount in, in that as well. So that's that's another one to use. But but no, but no? because it may it may have like for instance the tuna can will have oil in it, ah. and I'm not sure that you will be able to clean it so well that it won't have anything that will contaminate the resin. Okay. 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 So. Spend ten bucks and buy hundred paper cups. It's uh, it's uh, just play it safe. I like to play it safe. 
Uh, next thing you will need, you will need syringes to measure the resin. Or you can, if you buy um, West System Epoxy, they will have uh, special uh, pumps that go on the cans of resin and um, hardener, and those will measure the right amount uh, uh, to mix. For instance, uh, West System Epoxy is mixed 5 to 1, mm -hmm. and uh, the pumps... And there, there, there are some special hardeners that are mixed three to one. So they have several pumps. Each pump goes into each um, can, and when you you do one pump of each, and it measures the exact amount to mix. So when you do one pump of uh, the hardener, it will pour like uh, five cc's of resin. And uh, if you do one pump of the resin, it will do like 25 cc's. It will be the right amount. I don't know if my math is right right now, but it's more or less uh, what what you will get. If you get syringes, you will have to measure and do the math yourself. Okay, now that's for epoxy resins. When I use polyester resins, um, I, I guess, is there a West system for polyester resins as well? No, because West System doesn't sell polyester. They just okay. sell epoxy resin. Now, what yes. did you do? When, on your boat, what did you go with? Did you go with the West System? I've, I've used West System, and I've used um, no brand name epoxy from the Composites store. They have, uh, I don't know what, who manufactures it. I just know it's epoxy resin. Uh, it's good as well. Uh, I tend to use the West System resin when I need to work on something that I know it's structural. I trust that resin a little bit better. I don't know why. Maybe it's the brand name. And uh, when something is not structural, I will use epoxy if I want it to be 100% waterproof. If it's something on the interior of the boat, not structural, I will use polyester resin. Okay. That's cheaper. Okay. So I'll, I I use a mix of everything for for the job that I I want to accomplish. Okay. Now you on your boat, did you do mostly epoxy or did you do much polyester fiberglass work or was it all epoxy that you did? Mostly epoxy because I was doing repairs, and like we mentioned in the past episode, epoxy has um, higher um, bonding uh, property, uh, so it bonds much better to uh, something that is already on the boat. For instance, an existing bulkhead, an existing deck, hull, whatever. Uh, but for some new things I'm building on the boat, I'm using polyester resin. Okay, okay. Okay. And these things are not structural either. But for instance, for the chain plates that I'm going to build with um, carbon fiber, I am going to use uh, epoxy resin. Right, okay. Okay, and, and for those I'm going to use West System epoxy. Okay. Okay, next thing you will need, you will need... Um, some mixing um, sticks. If you buy, you can buy uh, mixing sticks uh, made of plastic and also made of wood from West System. Or you can go to the local pharmacy and buy tongue depressors. They will work the same. Okay. <laughs> or you Wooden can, or you can cut up your own pieces of stick if you have them laying around as well, which is what I did a lot of. Mm. Yes, yes, but I prefer... <laughs> well, uh, a box of uh, 100 tongue depressors costs 2 euros. So uh, I prefer not to not have the hassle of cutting my own sticks. <laughs> For two, 2 euros, I get 100 sticks. <laughs> okay. That just okay. Uh, that gives you an idea of how cheap I am, so... <laughs> but that gives you an idea of how cheap these fiberglass tools are uh, that some people think uh, it's very easy right. like 
tongue depressors and syringes and paper cups. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You will need uh, lots and lots of uh, brushes. Very, very cheap brushes. The cheapest brushes you can get. Like uh, the stiffest ones are the best for epoxy work. They are the worst for painting and varnishing, but they are the best for epoxy work. Yeah, when I was doing it, I remember I used to buy some cheap, uh, cheap paint brushes—the kind that uh, that were meant to be to be thrown away. But the bristles, the problem I had with a lot of them was the bristles were would come out when you were using them. So I ended up having oh. to pick bristles out of the work that I was doing. So maybe you have a better quality cheap paintbrush over there than we do over here. But I was not particularly happy with the uh, the paintbrushes I was able to get. Oh, the the cheapest ones I can get costs like sixty cents each, mm -hmm. and uh, they very very rarely leave uh, bristles on the work. Very rarely. And I find that uh, the two-inch wide ones uh, are the, or three maybe, if you are doing a large work. But usually two inches wide is good, because two inches, they fit inside the cup, and the three inches sometimes don't. And uh, one inch wide is, or one and a half, is very narrow, unless I'm doing very, very small uh, repair but usually two inches wide is good the cheapest you can get plastic bristles and uh, they, they will be good they will be good and I will explain why the stiff bridge bristles uh, yeah in a while okay uh, next thing you will need you will need lots and lots of paper towels uh, to keep to clean things and to keep everything clean Lots of paper towels. You will need uh, lots of acetone to clean uh, the surfaces where you are going to make the repairs and sometimes to clean uh, yourself. And uh, if some resin drips uh, on an area that uh, you don't want uh, resin on, uh, you can clean it with acetone. But remember that acetone will just dissolve the resin it won't um, so it it will be very very um, dissolved a little bit sticky so you may need to clean it several times okay so it basically melts it but you got to get it off of there for the most part yes 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 but it, it it's it cleans well and it cleans everything really, really well. Like you, you just sand something and you wipe it off with a, a rag, and you think it's clean. Uh, you you may even wash it with water. You think it's clean. You put some acetone on a paper cloth, and you wipe it off, and it's uh, like brownish. So it wasn't a hundred percent clean. And uh, the the thing with with uh, resins and bonding is that you want the surfaces very, very clean. Otherwise, the, the, work, the, the repair, repair you do may delaminate, okay? And last, I will uh, introduce something that uh, it's not uh, necessary. I will explain uh, a little bit better the usage of this, it's uh, pill ply. Pill ply, you know what is pill ply? No, I'm not. I don't. No. Pill ply is something that um, it is a um, woven uh, polyester cloth. Okay, very thin. Uh, and um, it's uh, just uh, like a plastic woven thing that you can put on top of um, a glass laminate and uh, the, the thing is you put it on top of the laminate and you wet it out like you you were uh, laying out another layer of fiberglass 
but it's it's um, pill ply. How do you spell it's, that? It's pill p double e l and dash p l y. Okay, I'm I'm looking it up on the internet because I've never it, peel ply. Okay. Yes. Peel ply. Okay. Yes. So it maybe it may be of a polyester cloth or nylon cloth. So it's a release fabric then. Yes. Release fabric because it is used uh, very often uh, when you it is always used okay always used when you are doing um, vacuum bagging stuff okay and when you do vacuum bagging stuff you need to release your uh, the part that you made from uh, the bag and from the uh, the breather cloth and uh, everything else that goes inside the vacuum bag. Uh, so it works as a release product because what happens is even though you wet it out, you lay it on the fresh resin, uh, the last layer, you wet it out like you were wetting out uh, uh, fiberglass and you, you let it cure. And then when it cures, you can peel it off. So, so, so why would you want to do that? Does it give a, a much nicer finish? Is that the reason you're doing it then? Well, three reasons. One, yes, you got it. It gives you a much nicer finish because uh, you don't get that uh, waviness of the fiberglass cloth because this cloth is very, very thin. Second thing, uh, because you are peeling out this cloth, it leaves you a, a textured surface instead of a glassy uh, surface of the resin like a it's not that plastic and resin surface that you need to sand bec before you apply the next layer of glass or the or the fairing compound or whatever you are go going to do next uh, it leaves you a textured surface not a glassy surface and that's the second reason so first reason much nicer finish a smoother finish. Second reason leaves you with the slight texture. So when you're going to, for instance, uh, I did a big repair on the deck of my boat, and that repair required like 10 kilograms of glass and 10 kilograms of uh, resin. I could not do that in a single day. It would be too much for me, unless I had maybe two guys helping me or something. Uh, so I was doing the, the work on my own. So I would lay a few layers of fiberglass in one day, cover it with the peel ply. The next day I would come, it would be cured. I would peel off the peel ply and I would go straight applying more layers of fiberglass. And I wouldn't have to sand before the next layers and clean everything and whatnot. Hmm. So that's... That that's new. That's new technique from when I did it. I think I never I've never used that. So that's uh, that's interesting. That's when they build when they build parts in the um, in a vacuum bag, usually these parts will be bonded to some other parts to make a, a car or to make uh, some kind of machine, and uh, especially in the areas that are to be bonded, they use pill ply. Uh, so that it's the surface is already pre prepared to be bonded. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And the third reason is when these resins cure, they release uh, stuff. For instance, when uh, epoxy resin cures, it releases um, amines. Amines. I don't know how to pronounce it well. Um, it's A-M-I-N-E-S, -E I think. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. It, it's some, some kind of uh, byproduct of the reaction, kind of waxy product that comes to the surface. And you need to clean, you need to remove this, otherwise the next layer of resin may not stick to the, pre to the existing one. And also the same with polyester resin. Polyester resin contains styrene wax, 
and the styrene wax comes to the surface. So before you apply something on top of that, you need to either sand or uh, wash it with uh, soap water and acetone, remove all that. All right. I just okay. found a, uh, a website with uh, some pictures of peel ply and how it's being used, and I'm putting that as a link in the, in the show notes uh, when I put this up, when yeah. this is released. Okay. All right. Now, I've never seen it before. I've never used it before. So, uh, so this is great information. So, so if you're doing a big job, when I was doing fiberglass, I didn't have, I was always doing it all in one day. So I'd put down a layer, let it cure to while it was tacky to my finger touch, and then put another layer down. And you're saying if you have to do more layers and you have to go overnight, you want to cure your final layer and it's going to be hard when you come back. And that's when you want to use the peel ply then. Yes, because if, if, if it's tacky, you can apply another layer and you have a chemical bond. But if it cures, it, you, will, you may only have a mechanical bond in the next layer, right? Mm -hmm. And this build ply helps because it leaves you a texture and uh, it doesn't, uh, you don't have to sand it to create texture for the, for the mechanical bond. And also, I was explaining, uh, the, these byproducts of the reaction, the styrene wax, the, uh, the amines from the epoxy, will raise above the pill ply. So when you remove the pill ply, the byproducts are in the pill ply, not in your laminate. So okay. you are ready to work. Now, I see that it comes in a lot of different widths. What, uh, what width did you find was the most useful for you? Uh, the one I the one I I buy is one meter wide from my uh, composite supplier, and it's the only one they have. So okay. <laughs> I just buy I just buy it in uh, like I I tell them well, and I need five meters, and they give me five meters, and uh, I cut it in the sizes that I need. All right, there wouldn't be any reason to ever leave this in the laminate, would there? No, you can't. Okay, you can't because because. Well, if it's the last layer and you just leave it there, okay. Uh, but if you if you want to apply more layers of glass or if you want to put some fairing compound, you can't because it it would it will delaminate in time. Okay. What about what about just an idea here? What if you were making a mold? and you wanted a, uh, a male mold and a female mold, would this be a way to separate the two parts together? Do you see what I'm thinking? Uh, usually you want the mold very smooth. Okay. So, uh, so you, you, you don't. You use um, another release agent, and it, it will be some kind of wax. Okay. All right. Okay. There are appropriate waxes to be used as uh, release agents, waxes that uh, that uh, are not right. They're going to be very smooth. Right. That are going to be very yes. very smooth. Right. Yes. Like when they build the hull of a boat, they have the female mold. They uh, they lay the glass on that mold. When they remove the hull from the mold, the outside is very smooth. Okay. 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 So, and that's it for the materials that you have. With this, you can do lots of work. You may use more specialty things like uh, rollers when you are using when you are repairing a large uh, area. You may want to use a roller to spread the resin and to get rid of the um, air bubbles that are sometimes trapped beneath the cloth. Uh, but uh, with um, paint brushes, uh, you you may be able to work. If it's a very large surface, a roller will be fine. And there are mainly two types of rollers. Some are made of um, metal. It's like um, it's a standard uh, roller, but instead of having a foam or um, uh, some kind of uh, roller 
uh, applied to to the roller hand handle. Mm -hmm. It's uh, like uh, washers. Yeah, let let when, me let me describe how the uh, the tools look to me. They're like very thin. Uh, there's like a whole bunch of little washers in a row, and you get different widths of these rollers and different diameters as well. But they're very thin, separated by uh, a spacer between each little washer on a roller, and that's that's designed so that you can roll back and forth on the fiberglass and try to get the air bubbles out. That's the key to a good fiberglass job or a good uh, epoxy job, correct? Correct, yes, no air bubbles. And uh, you described it very well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer to use plastic uh, rollers that they look exactly the same, but instead of having 100 washers, uh, uh, in uh, in row that are very difficult to clean. It's one plastic uh, cylinder with engravings uh, like one millimeter. Uh, it's wider. The other millimeter is narrower. So it works the same way, but it's easier to clean. And also it's made of some kind of plastic, maybe Teflon, I don't know, and the resin doesn't stick to it. So it's very easy to clean. Well, see, they weren't and, even around when I was around. Okay, so oh. so these are almost like little dimples. Uh, they're not yes. rollers. They're like dimples yes. or uh, sort of things that poke out of the plastic, right? Yes, and usually it, it, this this roller is removable. So when I'm finished, I just throw the roll, the plastic part inside a bottle of acetone and the next time I'm going to use it, I just remove it, let it dry, and starting using it. Hmm. Yes, with the the one the wash the ones that have hundred washers or something, mm -hmm. uh, you can't do this. No, you have to be cleaning those, and it's a real headache. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a pain. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, and you so have different ones, like different diameter ones. Some are really yes. small, so you can get in yes. corners. Very closely. Others are are yes. big and wide, and so you can do flat some surfaces. Some are wide, yeah. yes, and some are uh, like donut shaped, uh, so that you can get into corners. Right. Okay. Okay. So these are very handy as well. And that's it for tools. We can move on and start uh, talking about um, repairs. Okay. If you don't. Yeah, any questions? No, nope, let's go with it. Okay. So let's let's talk about the smallest repair you can do on your boat. And the smallest repair I would say is uh, closing a hole. A hole, for instance, you had some hardware on your deck, uh, maybe a U-bolt or something or a pad eye, and you just removed it and you. You have two holes or three in your hole, in your boat, in your deck, and you want to fill those with the resin so that uh, you can uh, you can paint it. So and uh, you may have a through hole, for instance, you have a sink through hole, and you want to get rid of that through hole. You will need to cover that hole with some fiberglass as well. Uh, you may have a larger hole, for instance, you had an accident, something hit your boat, and you have a 10 centimeter wide uh, hole in your boat. These are all, all uh, holes in your boat, but they will be fixed in a very different way. And uh, your boat may be uh, solid fiberglass, your boat may have a, a balsa core or a foam core. Uh, these may need to be addressed differently. Okay? So these are the types of repairs that uh, most people do. Sometimes people also have to work on the tabbing of the bulkheads. It's a very common problem with the old boats. The bulkheads are just the plywood walls that divide, for instance, the saloon from the V-birth. And in time, sometimes these bulkheads uh, that are tabbed 
with uh, fiberglass connecting the bulkhead to the deck or to the hull, these pieces of fiberglass delaminate and you are left with, uh, with a, a loose uh, bulkhead. This may also need to be repaired. We are going to talk about this uh, in detail, okay? Okay. Okay, so small holes, I would say less than six millimeters, a quarter of an inch, okay? Uh, these, these, are, these I will address uh, differently from the others. Small holes, uh, you will just fill them with thickened epoxy or thickened polyester resin. And this is your resin uh, mixed with um, microfibers or, and or um, silica, okay? Some people will prefer to use silica, some people will prefer to use uh, microfibers. I prefer to use a mix of both, and this will give me both bonding properties, structure, and thickness, okay? And uh, to start, you have a question? No, nope. go ahead. Okay, to start, you, you should always drill the hole with the next size drill bit that you have available. For instance, you have a, a, an eighth of an inch uh, hole uh, that was left from uh, a screw or a bolt. Uh, you will drill it with the next size available drill bit that you have. And this serves one purpose or two. One, to clean that hole because the bolt may have been rusty, uh, they, there may have been uh, sealants in it, so you need to, to clean it, so you drill it. And it also exposes fresh fiberglass, okay? And this uh, will help uh, for the new resin that you are going to pour in this hole to bond better, okay? Okay, so you're going to drill it out to, to basically to clean it up, and then you're going to fill it uh, with with a, a putty, basically. Yes, now, a putty. Now let's talk about the other side of the hold. Are you going down below and putting a uh, a piece of, let's say, duct tape over the bottom of the hole so it just doesn't fall through and drip down? Yes, yes. Masking tape works very well. Uh, you put some masking tape underneath. If you can, sometimes you don't have access. For instance, if you have a balsa core uh, deck that is thick and uh, your, um, your screw was only going through the upper laminate and into a little bit of the core, you're not going to drill through. So you drill it uh, just uh, so that you expose some new core and new fiberglass. Okay, and okay. in that case where you're going into a laminated deck like that, I guess the key you're going to be looking for is to make sure you're getting out any dry rot uh, that's, that's around that, uh, that balsa core, any, any rotting wood down there. So you want to make sure, I would assume that you want to make sure that you're... Uh, you're cleaning that out. Is that correct? Do you have much experience with yes. that? Yes. Okay. Yes, but if you're going to, if if you have rot, you will need to drill as large a hole that you need to reach all the rotten uh, material. Okay. Okay. So this gets tricky, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> this will be then this will no longer be a small hole. This will be a large hole. Okay, yeah. and this will be this will be addressed differently. Okay, all right. Okay, we're just small talking holes. small holes right now. Yes, now, now small holes. I'll let you continue on that. I'm going to have a few questions after. So go ahead and finish up on how to uh, fix small okay. holes. Okay, small holes. Then you will fill. You will mix uh, a putty, like you said. Uh, so you have some resin that you've mixed, and then you had some uh, thickener, microfibers, uh, silica. I prefer to use both. Uh, and uh, you will pour it into this hole. The thickness will depend on if 
if it's a horizontal surface or a vertical surface. If it's a horizontal surface, I will tend to leave it more runny, like honey consistency. If it's a vertical hole, uh, a hole on a vertical surface, okay, mm -hmm. uh, I will mix it uh, thicker so that it won't drip. Okay, mm -hmm. you may you may need to use a toothpick to uh, stir it and release the hair bubbles because you don't want to leave a big air bubble underneath and just a, a small layer of resin on top. Okay, you really need to fill that hole well. And this is more tricky with small holes. Okay. One thing, one thing that I should mention before you start mixing the resin is what is going to be the finish that you want. If you have um, a boat that has gel coat, you will want to use polyester resin because when you want to apply the gel coat, the finishing uh, for that repair, the gel coat is polyester resin, and so it will bond to the polyester resin that is filling the hole. If you are going to paint it, it doesn't matter. You can use either polyester or epoxy. Okay? Well, that was one of the questions I had, so you already answered one, so continue. What is the other? Well, that, well, that, was, that was one of the questions... I haven't got any others right now, but they'll come to oh. me. <laughs> okay. We, 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 we may do another episode on just on finishes. So we, we'll, I will leave the, the gel coat uh, as it is right now. We will address that uh, later on, okay? Okay. That's okay with you? That sounds good. Yes, because that, that's, that's a whole new can of worms. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm interested in getting into because I have a lot of little cosmetic uh, issues with my boat and I've always hesitated on dealing with them because I just don't want to deal with fixing the little bits of gel coat so that'll be an interesting episode uh, for me personally okay. to listen to so your boat your boat is not painted no it's no it's not painted it's got gel coat on it so gel coat yes yeah yes okay so let's move on and let's go into what I would call medium holes medium holes I would say uh, less than a quarter of an inch, okay, uh, three quarters of an inch, 19, 20 millimeters in diameter. Okay. Okay. This may be a small through hole or a large bolt or something. These I will uh, address in two stages, uh, but they can be uh, done in the same session, the same working session or not. Okay. I will, I will explain. Uh, I will start by drilling the hole, or if the hole is uh, large enough and I don't have a large enough drill bit, I will use a Dremel tool to clean the inside of that hole, so that's very clean. Then, and it exposes uh, fresh um, fiberglass, okay, or and or fresh core. Uh, then I will fill this hole partially with the same mix of uh, resin and uh, thickener, partially. The other part, I will lay some layers of fiberglass, okay, to completely seal the hole and to have more um, bonding area. But before I before I start pouring the fiberglass after, uh, sorry, after I clean the the hole in the inside of the hole, I will take either a Dremel or an angle grinder, and I will grind around the hole, kind of dishing, uh, and making a small taper. For instance, if I have a, a three quarters of an inch hole, uh, I will grind around maybe two inches uh, and tapering uh, okay. to the to the hole all right so and the so I will fill the hole with thickened epoxy or thickened polyester resin and then I will apply maybe two three four layers of cloth 
uh, around that two inches that I grinded around the hole. Okay, so the, the, the pieces of fiberglass are getting bigger and bigger as they're coming up and getting thicker and thicker. Is yes. that right? Okay. Yes. Do yes. you actually overlap to the top of the hole or just keep it below the surface? I guess the, so is the surface coming up above the uh, top surface or are you keeping it below? Let's say it's a deck, below the deck. Let's say you're fixing a hole in the deck. Would it be, you don't want it to come higher than the deck with the layers of fiberglass, do you? I, well, usually uh, all the decks that I've seen, uh, and yes, all the decks that I've seen, uh, and, and I, because I haven't seen any uh, wooden decks painted, uh, they have gel coat on top. So I usually uh, lay fiberglass to the level of the previous laminate, and the gel coat thickness, I will just use um, uh, a putty to fill. Okay, okay. so, so you bring it up it thick, and so you, you put a layer of putty on the bottom, put some fiberglass in, and then put a layer of putty on the top for your finishing layer then? Yes, Okay. yes. Now, are you going to put yes. the PolyPro over that finishing layer? No, no, no. If I if uh, the peel ply. Oh, the peel ply. Yeah, the peel ply. If yeah. I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm using the peel ply in this kind of repair, I will I will fill the hole with thickened resin. I will lay a few layers of glass. I will put the peel ply. The next day, I will remove the peel the peel ply, and I will apply. The, the filler, the... The final, the the final filler, okay, all right. Yes, and, and then I will wait for it to cure, and we will send it flat, and uh, it's ready for paint. Okay. Okay, you don't, don't, you don't want to have a pill ply on top of the filler, because uh, it wouldn't be smooth. Okay. Like you, 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 you will want to apply the filler with... Um, uh, uh, a spatula, uh, something uh, to to make it as smooth as possible, so that you, you will have very little sanding to do. Okay. okay. Uh -huh. One detail I forgot to mention, and this is for all repairs. Before you lay any layers of fiberglass, before you pour any thickened resin, you will want to take your brush. And using unthickened resin, you just um, spread it a little bit around. Uh, more so on cord, uh, surf, uh, cord uh, materials. Because uh, fiberglass, uh, the fiberglass, old fiberglass that is very dry, it will absorb resin some. And if it's a balsa core deck, for instance, it will absorb lots of resin. So if you just pour thickened resin on a hole and it has um, a core inside that is dry, it will absorb the, the resin. And basically, it will have a very poor bonding uh, between the core and uh, the, the thickened resin. It's like it's pulling the resin out of the thickener. Okay. Does it make Does it make any sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So you you want to you want to have the best bond possible between your repair and the existing uh, laminate or cord uh, material. The reason that you tackle small holes and medium holes differently is because on a small hole, uh, the, the flexing of the hole or the deck won't be uh, uh, strong enough to uh, delaminate the repair from the uh, existing laminate. On a large hole, larger hole, a medium hole, uh, it, the flexing will may generate enough strength or enough um, torsion that the, the repair may just pop out. And uh, uh, maybe, maybe uh, you haven't, but some people have seen uh, 
small plugs of thickened resin popping out of their boat, leaving a hole. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So you, you, if you have a, a larger hole, uh, the, the the flexing of the hole uh, may be strong enough to uh, delaminate, and it will pop out. So that's why you, for a larger hole, you you will lay a few layers of fiberglass on top of the hole, so that you have more uh, bonding surface between that plug and the existing uh, deck or hull, okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, it, uh, it has, uh, I, I haven't seen any uh, on my boat, but I've seen a friend boat, uh, a boat of my friend, and he had some uh, little plugs popping out, and we just removed them with a small uh, pocket knife. Uh, and uh, we discovered there were some uh, repairs done before he bought the boat, and uh, it just, it just ha- we just had to repair them again. So it was very, very unfortunate. Okay. Okay, so, and then we move on to larger holes, and larger holes can mean anything from, uh, like, half an inch to three inches wide, three, three inches in, dime- in diameter. For these, I will not uh, use uh, thickened epoxy or thickened polyester to fill the hole and just apply two or three layers of fiberglass on top. For these, I will taper from both the inside and the outside, like two inches around the hole, maybe more if the hole is... If the hole would be three inches in diameter, I would grind three inches around the hole to have enough uh, bonding surface. So let me see if I visualize this. So let's say you have a three-inch hole that you're fixing. So you would uh, taper to a total diameter of... Uh, nine inches. Nine inches. Okay. So. Yes. All right. So three inches on each side, then. Okay. Yes. Three inches around. It would be a nine-inch diameter repair. Yes. So things start to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, is that uh, is that proportional for the size of hole you have, or is is about three inches on each side good for uh, even bigger holes? Do you see what I it, mean? It may be it may be good for even bigger holes. Yes, okay. it may be. Uh, but if I had uh, like a if you have a, a really big wide. hole, you're going to taper it even more because yes. what you're really looking for is to to bond that plywood with the regular the the, the actual structure that you're trying to fix it. So you're trying to yes. overlay it enough that there's that there that it's picking up the strength of the uh, of the deck or the hull or whatever you're trying to fix in. Yes, yes. Otherwise, uh, when when you have um, forces applied to that surface, torsion forces, the hull is flexing. Uh, if you don't have enough bonding area, it may delaminate and it may break. So you 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 want uh, as wide as possible of a bonding area. But don't get too crazy. Like you, you, if you have a one-inch wide hole, you don't want you don't need to go three inches or four inches around. Uh, you, maybe another inch around would be just fine. Okay? Right. Okay. All right. Okay. And then you want to taper it and dish it on both the interior and the exterior of the boat. So in the middle, it will be paper thin. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. And then you will lay layers of fiberglass both on the inside and the outside, each of them growing wider and wider and wider until you get to the thickness that the uh, surrounding areas are. Okay? Mm-hmm. But this is this is tricky because I don't know if I mentioned this in the previous episode, but... Um, you can somehow correlate the thickness of fiberglass with the weight of the fiberglass. When you buy fiberglass, you usually you 
very often say to the teller at the at the shop, well, I I want to buy nine ounce cloth, or I want to buy twelve ounce cloth, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't work very well with uh, imperial measures, but it works really really well with metric measures uh, because nine, for instance, nine ounce cloth is 300 grams cloth and for each 100 grams you will have approximately 0.1 millimeter in thickness so it's very handy for me because I, I, I use metric the metric system so if I'm using uh, 300 grams cloth I will know that each layer will be approximately 0.3 millimeters. So if I have uh, to, for instance, if my deck is five millimeters, I will instantly know how many layers I will need to have for that repair. Okay, okay. makes right. sense. Yep. Okay, so use the metric system. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this this will be, of course, this this is a rough. Uh, sizing because if you do vacuum bagging it will compress more if you are using uh, very thick woven roving uh, it will be thicker if you are using a, a thin cloth it will be thinner uh, so it's it's more or less it's not exact science okay mm -hmm. and if you if you go to a good uh, composite store they will tell you the thickness of each cloth, both in um, a wet laminate, a hand lay laminate, and in a vacuum bagged laminate. They they will have those measurements for the thick the thickness of the cloth. Okay. All right. Okay. So, for instance, if your deck is six millimeters. And you are using 300 grams cloth. You will need lots and lots of layers of fiberglass. I would say 20 layers mm -hmm. of fiberglass, because 10 will be three millimeters, so 20. So if you are going to taper from the inside and the outside, you will taper three millimeters from the inside, three millimeters from the outside. You apply 10 layers on the outside, 10 layers on the inside each layer growing wider and wider and, and wider. So it's lots of layers, it's lots of cutting discs of fiberglass. Let me let me let me think so I'm so you're talking about the taper. Are you tapering the inside as well as the outside of the hole? Yes, if possible. Okay. If possible. Okay. Because but, then, but then if you're let's say you're doing a horizontal surface, you're gonna be working upside down on the other the inside then. And that's gonna be yeah, very tricky. Yeah, it's a pain. Yes. Yeah. So, so then, for those situations, that may I may uh, put two layers on the inside, and on the inside I will taper very little, mm -hmm. okay. uh, or uh, not at all. Uh, I will just leave it flat on the inside because it may be under the uh headliner of the boat and no one will see the repair so it doesn't have to be smooth smooth so you're tapering when it might be cosmetic then more than as much as anything yes. in that situation okay yes yes and i will tape i may taper everything on the outside and nothing on the inside okay but you still need to sand it really well before you lay the fiberglass or otherwise it won't stick well Right. And it will delaminate. Okay. okay? Mm -hmm. Always sand to create uh, a tooth for the resin to grab on, and always clean very well with the uh, acetone before you put the resin. Okay? You want mm -hmm. everything very clean and with texture. Okay? Okay. And uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, because I took you away because I said taper the bottom and taper the top as well. Yes, so, okay. yes. When, when, when it's uh, uh, on an horizontal surface uh, or maybe it, the inside of the hole may be behind the cabinet where the access is very difficult. Okay? Mm -hmm. So you may just put two layers of glass on the inside 
and you you hope for the best and you do all the tapering on the outside okay okay uh, you do this you do this because you want to have um kind of a hourglass shaped um laminate the new laminate will be kind of hourglass shaped you know mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, small diameter on, in the middle and then growing wider and wider so that there is no risk of uh, the repair popping out okay okay if you if you if you only did uh, uh, tapering on the outside of the hole and then applied glass on the outside of the hole maybe I'm not saying it will happen but maybe it could delaminate and you would have a chunk of your hole falling into the ocean, leaving mm. you with a hole in your boat. <laughs> yeah. So you want to have something on the inside, and you have both... You, you need to do this in a single session, both the inside and the outside, so that there is a chemical bond between the two and uh, very little chance for these to separate. Okay? Right. On, when you are also when you are repairing small holes, the small ones I, I mentioned before, if you can uh, countersink the hole, uh, if possible, both on the inside and the outside, so that you and even if you are just filling them with thickened resin, if you make uh, a hourglass-shaped uh, repair, it will be better. It will hold better. It will have more bonding area, and it it will never pop out. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. You it may crack around, but the plug will will not fall off. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another, uh, and that's it for holes. Uh, then we can move on and talk about uh, um, tabbing and uh, all. Uh, balsa core repairs and stuff an hour we've got about an hour right now and i think we'll uh, we'll, we'll call it there and mm -hmm. uh, come back for a part three and in the next episode we're going to talk about larger repairs what do you mean by tabbing the tabbing okay when you or, you... or, or hold on maybe we'll just get into that next time don't don't let me lose my train of thought when we come back and do another <laughs> interview okay lewis okay okay all right well, i have time i have time all right, that finishes up my episode with Lewis Martins on this on fiberglassing part two. There's a lot to to fiberglass repairs. Uh, I hope this is somewhat helpful and descriptive. I've had a few people really appreciate these, and a few people that aren't really into this. It really just depends on if you're a DIY guy. But this is good information because if you own a boat, you're going to have to make fiberglass repairs or fill holes in at some point in time or another. I guarantee it. And unless you want to hire somebody to do that, you need to learn how to do it yourself. All right, if you have comments, suggestions, write me an email, franz1 at medsailor.com. And if you like the podcast, go into the iTunes store and write a review. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Joel, you want to know something? Every now and then, say what the f What the f gives you freedom? Freedom brings opportunity. Opportunity makes your future.